This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I'm joined by author V. Castro to discuss her upcoming novel, Goddess of Filth and All Things Horror. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here and, uh, you know, to talk about these books. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So I am so excited for Goddess of Filth, which is set to come out March 30th. So for listeners who are unaware, can you tell us a little bit about what that's about? Uh, yeah. Well, basically, it's, um, you know, five. I'm from Texas. Uh, there's five Chicanas from Texas, Mexican-American girls just out of high school, kind of, you know, finding their feet, uh, each one of them doing different things. And uh, they decide to, you know, kind of like the craft, decide to have a little seance, have a little fun. You know, they're sneaking some some booze, uh, just girl <laughs> girl time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the seance does not go as planned. And um, that's when it kind of takes twist to towards uh, the possession trope. And uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, I love I love possession stories but they're all the same um uh, as i was saying kind of last night on the women in horror panel you always in the films get you know those the young girls in a dirty white nightgown being strapped to a bed thrashing about like looking like hell so i thought well how can we turn this around and also how can i incorporate my culture and where i grew up and and just some different ideas about possession and what it means to be possessed and what happens 
when you're possessed by your personal power, when you Ooh. find it. So Ooh, that's kind like of, that. <laughs> <laughs> that is how, um, yeah, that's how it went. Yeah. I don't want to say too much. I want people to like yeah. be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I am like beyond excited. Also, the cover for it is so good. I love it. It's gorgeous. I love it the is. colors. I love the colors. I love pink. So, yeah. yeah, I was really excited when I first saw that. It's like, ah, <laughs> it's crazy because when you first get those things done, it's like so far in advance. And to know that it's already here, you're like, shit, as we were saying before, <laughs> like a baby, like you look and you're like, oh, my God, I worked so hard on this, this book. And now it's it's already like yeah. here. <laughs> that is crazy to think. Um, but I am so excited about that, especially like coming of age stories. I feel like they're fairly common in horror and they're always usually like a group of boys. So I just always get excited. And it's there's been a few recently where it's like a group of girls, but just extra excited for that Latinx representation. Because that's something else that we absolutely need in horror. <laughs> Uh, well, let me get you an arc and then you can start on it. Oh, man, that would be the best. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No problem. Um, you know, that's what they're there for. That's what they're yeah. for. <laughs> so tell me about your history with horror, the horror genre. Yeah, well, um, again, you know, it's it's a common question. A lot of people uh, ask me and, uh, you know, there's only one answer. And that's just it's it really has a lot to do with my culture and um, being introduced to folklore and urban legends from a really young age, uh, knowing about Mexican Aztec mythology, uh, bits and pieces, not too much, but enough to, to really uh, be excited about it and, and intrigued about, and you just, it, it captivated my imagination. And so I just turned those stories around and I, I wrote my own little stories when I was a kid and, you know, having a really active imagination and drawing pictures. And um, I've actually shared that on on Instagram before because I still have like all the little books I, I made when I was a kid. And it just went from there. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until later in life that I really I needed something in my life. And I uh, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. I really I have this idea I want to write I, I, I and I just I haven't stopped so it was kind of like um, it was always meant to be um, but sometimes when things are meant to be they just they don't happen and materialize straight away you have to kind of be ready for them so yeah that's kind of how it all started it was just natural. So growing up like did your family use like La Llorona as like discipline because mine did. <laughs> La Lechusa, and you know, you're gonna really get it. And in South Texas, well, San Antonio, there are a lot of like haunted places. So, one place, which is in my book, Hairspray and Switchblades, um, Espada Park is an old mission. So, you know, the Spanish, when they uh, came over, they put missions everywhere. And uh, once um, Mexico became part of that part of Mexico, became part of Texas officially all the missions, there's missions everywhere. And this particular mission is supposedly really haunted and it is very creepy. And then there's, you know, all these places that you kind of hear about. Um, in November, I have another book coming out, Mestiza Blood from uh, Flame Tree Press as well. 
And I take all of those stories from Texas, like the where the devil danced with the woman, um, uh, donkey, the donkey lady bridge. And I, I've created all those into like real stories. So I've taken these urban legends I grew up with and I've kind of brought them to life. Well, that's awesome. So it's like a short story collection. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So like all these haunted things, I'm like, ooh. So um, yeah, the discipline was the supernatural is just going to devour your soul. I don't care if you're six. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have some two Patreon supporter questions. And one isn't a question. Um, but it's from Arlara who says, not so much question, but which is like to say, I very much enjoyed the Kukui of Cancun story from Worst Laid Plants. And I was so excited to see the boogeyman woman of my childhood in a very awesome short story. Oh, I'm so glad that people love that story. Um, it was really fun to write. And actually, uh, just FYI, I am working on now a book called The Pink Agave Motel. And you're going to get more of her. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny you said that because the next question <laughs> is from Danielle, who asks, where do you get inspiration for the blend of horror erotica? But when can we get more stories from the Pink Agave Hotel? <laughs> it's I'm working on it now. I'm about halfway through. Um, and uh, yeah, it takes. So uh, I wrote I have like a three short story collection, uh, Said the Sangre. And in there is the, a very, very explicit hot story called Snake Hips. And so you're going to get more of that character. And so oh, I take nice. you into the motel and um, it's set in Philadelphia, the actual property. So you've, the Kukui is in Mexico and she travels up to uh, Philadelphia. And it's kind of, yeah, you're going to get a ton of stuff. And the story, though. Um, there is kind of a, a almost a bad romance. So it's a horror, erotic horror romance kind of blend. So you're going to get all of these crazy characters, um, sorcery and yeah. Very exciting. So you have a lot of things coming out. <laughs> well, that I, I have to finish writing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have like three things coming out this year. So people will have enough to keep them busy until then. Oh, yes. And I um and I love it. And uh like my brain loves, I just, it can't sit still. It's, it's kind of a reward in its own. <laughs> so I'm glad people like the Kukui. You're going to get more yeah. of her. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely remember my mom mentioning that, like, El Kukui is going to get you if you don't like go to sleep right now. But then I would be like, but what is the Kukui? Like, what is, what are, what are its motivations? What does it look like? And it's like, it's just, it's a book. <laughs> it's just evil. Now go to sleep. <laughs> but I'm like, La Llorona has like a whole backstory. She's got motivations. She's got like. <laughs> God. I, and then she's like, okay, no more library for you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, just just go to sleep. It's just, it's going to get you. It doesn't matter what it, when it's getting you, you're not going to think about this. <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, Danielle also asked where you get the inspiration for the blend of horror and erotica. Uh. Okay, so if we want to like like real real talk, lady talk, um, I like sex. <laughs> Sorry, okay, guys, if you have young kids in the room, put your headphones on. I I'll mark it explicit, like they'll know. I I like sex. I enjoy sex, and I think it's a it's something why. 
I, I just, if I feel like writing it, I, I do. Um, I actually was asked this question before, like, how do you incorporate it? Uh, actually, for an interview for Lit Reactor that comes mm-hmm. out next month. And I don't always set out like, ooh, I'm going to write some some banging scenes here, literally. <laughs> um, it just, I get a story. And then if I feel it, if I'm in the mood, if it's on my mind, if I... Um, <clears throat> If I have like a fantasy, then I indulge it and write it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I do. And uh, it, it really just is I let my imagination go. I let my thoughts go. I let the story go where it is. And then when you do the drafts, then that's when you kind of say like, OK, how does this you know, fit in? What am I trying to say? What am I? Um, but sometimes it's just like the hardcore stuff where it's just fun. And <laughs> but um so the Pink Agave Motel, you'll get a lot more of it. Yeah, I do like that sex positive angle in your stories. I think especially in like Hairspray and Switchblades where the protagonist of the story is a dancer and, you know, she's very open with who she is. She enjoys her job. She's good at it. And it doesn't fall into the tropes like, you know, she doesn't need to be rescued. She doesn't fall into all these tropes that we often see with these types of stories. Yeah, and she and she likes sex, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, this guy's really hot, and he turns me on, and he's exciting." And and I think women should be able to say that, like, "I'm excited, I'm aroused, and I like you, or I want you." Um, you know, why not? <laughs> I know it's not always appropriate, but it's so it's you know, that's just the way it is. I think more women should feel less ashamed for their bodies and. Um, and how their bodies react to the whoever they're sexually desiring. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely we need more sexually unapologetic heroines. But I I also write a lot of masturbation in my books as well in my stories because it's like it's it's just normal. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's that's the, to answer a question. It just it just happens. Like sex, it just yeah, it just happens. <laughs> and I do, I do love that about your stories. They definitely have that, like all of them have like at least a little bit of sexiness. Yeah. Oops, my panties. Where'd they go? <laughs> oh, across the room. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> so, also at the end of Hairspray and Switchblades, it kind of opens up for maybe some more entries in that universe. Is that a playground you see yourself going back to and expanding at all? You know, what's funny. I was laying in bed today and I was just thinking about that um, because I uh, at the end, there's a character named Jimena. I wrote a short story. Actually, that story, that short story about Jimena was written before Hairspray and Switchblades. It was accepted to a collection that has never seen the light of day. I don't know if with a, a actually a decent publisher. I don't know where what happened with it. But I was so kind of taken in by this idea and the concept that I just started writing more. So I definitely have the material there to continue. It's just a matter of, of doing it. Well, I would hope so, because that was one where I read it and I was like, okay, well, now I'm invested in this like universe. And I'm like, let's see It's funny you say that because um, the Jaguar, so the in uh, the Pink Agave Motel and and also in Snake Hips, you kind of get the Jaguars, but as they are, 
Um, so I, I mentioned the Jaguars, but um, actually them showing up, they might show up in the Pink Agave Motel as well. So are all your all your stories kind of contained within this multiverse? I, I'm trying. Some of them are, yeah, I'm trying, um, you know, if they fit. So uh, I, uh, I'm currently finishing up a another one called Malinali and uh I, I mentioned the Jaguar again because they're it's it's a very um special creature culturally and uh, it's a powerful creature and I think it's uh it's a powerful creature for women especially I don't know why I just have this feeling and um so I like having that and I like having animals in my um stories just because I feel like animal guides and having kind of I think when you're kind of in a bad space or you um yeah I just think it's not I think animals are really special and they can provide comfort and they can provide strength so I always have the animals in there so yeah the jaguar so why not be a jaguar because I mean we are animals really let's also be ones with teeth (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so now that you've written vampire shapeshifter witchy possession is there a horror trope you are itching to write one day huh, again funny you should mention it um yeah i really want to uh write an alien i really want to write for the alien franchise Ooh. so i'd love to do a whole latina kind of um universe uh with the alien alien or predator i'd love an avp book that's kind of like my goal but yeah um i i you know i'm open to so many things when it comes to um tropes i actually started and uh cassie i don't know if you know cassie she's in the horror community she's a um an artist yeah i over the um Christmas holidays I had an idea so I've start I wrote a a children's book uh, about Krampus so and his daughter well it's now a she Krampus is now a mom and uh, her daughter Krampolina so we've got the the illustration together so I'm doing kind of like a a children's not so much horror but like a children's semi-horror Christmas book and then a picture book yeah and then um in Latinx Screams, I wrote a story called um, Krampus versus Poncho Claus, and I've started the story, a children's Christmas book um, about Poncho Claus. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> well, so both of them, I've, I've, I've they're written because they're children's books, so they're quite simple. Um, and Cassie's working on the illustrations, and then so I can like pitch them to publishers and. Uh, agents but yeah so that's probably an area I really enjoy is and I because I have children um other other than that there's not a trope I say like oh I really want to get into if I want it I'll just do it yeah you don't keep it in the someday you just start (laughs) yeah 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 I just I'm like if if the idea hits and that's how I kind of go I just go with the flow like if the idea is there then I'll start it if it just stops like hits a brick wall then I've hit a brick wall and I move on and if it sparks again, I come back to it. So also speaking of another book that you have coming out this year, you have Queen of Cicadas coming out this summer from Flame Tree Press. So can you tell our listeners about that? 
Yes. Um, wow. Queen of the Cicadas is like kind of a special book because um, it's, uh, you know, my I'm a great granddaughter of, of farm workers, Mexican farm workers. And, uh, you know, Chicanos are very different from uh, Mexicans. The Mexican-American experience is different from this experience in Mexico. And uh, I... I kind of wanted to center a story around urban legend, which I grew up, uh, and farm work, and then I and uh, also the Aztec mythology. So I started writing it, and then American Dirt came out, and it really made me just beyond angry. It 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 also really um, sent me in a bit of a, a feeling of despair. And so I, the first opening, the opening of it is quite strong. And, and that was taken from pieces of her book that I just found really hurtful. So it's kind of like a, a three sentences of revenge <laughs> in the opening, um, like in, uh, in italics. But basically it's, yeah, all those things, you know, it's centered about around a hate crime in 1950s Texas and, um, spans from that time frame to uh 2018 and it also incorporates the um aztec goddess of death and uh, i wanted to just have all of these women from come together from different um time periods different spiritual realms in different um with i guess different frame of minds and uh, how they're all tied together by fate. And uh, yeah, so that's basically, and I talk about the Bracero program, which was huge, which brought a lot of Mexicans into the United States uh, during the 1940s to help out when a lot of people, men, especially men, were sent off to for World War II. Well, yeah, I didn't know about that, so I... Yeah, so you're going to get, it. yeah, you get a lot of, and it's, it's quite, um, there's some gruesome scenes, like really, like, horrific like death by cockroach um (laughs) (laughs) literally death by cockroach uh you know spiders um we get it all what was i gonna say so did you hate read american dirt i didn't i didn't read it because i wouldn't buy it i wouldn't buy i'm not putting money no way but the parts that i did read and the things i've read about it also the fact that you know the publisher put barbed wire centerpieces uh-huh. on the table the fact that she had a barbed wire manicure and was showing it off i i found it so um just grotesque yeah it was very distasteful yeah it was is is it was extremely grotesque and i and i brought all of that up when i was um talking to the um marketing person for uh sarah marketing person i said she has a name sorry sorry sarah <laughs> sarah uh, from Flame Tree Press about it, like, and we were like, okay, so tell me about this book. And uh, I said, well, this is, you know, how I feel, and this is what I'm going to say if if it ever comes up, you know, that I was really, really, I just couldn't believe my eyes when all that came out. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of feeling into that book. So I'm glad it's coming out. Uh, that's another one. Like, I, I think it, like, popped up on my Goodreads, and I'm like, Oh, yeah. Like this is it's coming. It's here now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yay. 
Yeah. What you said about the Mexican-American experience being different from the Mexican experience just reminded me of that quote from Selena, <laughs> Selena's dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and th- yes, it is so true. And it's funny. I love that movie. And um, it really is. You're kind of, um, you know, kind of you, you struggle with your identity. You're, you're OK. So which one are you? Who are you? And and also then you're stuck with, well, if you want to get ahead, you have to choose wisely, which is really sad. And I yeah. said that last night on the women in horror panel, like it is it's tragic that you have to disassociate yourself from your true identity and your roots just to get ahead and to be accepted like that. It's not, it's not nice or fun. But yeah, it's definitely just that in between, like you don't really fit into either side. It's just, it's a lot. Well, cause like my sister and I, like I grew up, like my parents got divorced when I was 10 and I grew up, you know, like around my mom and her side of the family, which was very Mexican. So like I was very much in that culture. Like we would, it was Southern California. We would like go to Mexico. I hung out with all my Mexican cousins. But when my parents got divorced, my mom remarried a white guy and my sister was little. So like that's kind of been her experience. Like she doesn't really feel connected to like that side of her at all. So we've just had like very different Experience yeah, I hear you. I had the same kind of experience as well. You know, my mom um, remarrying and uh, having other children. I mean, I love my sisters. We're really close. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a total different um, experience. And uh, also being I'm older. So we were raised very differently, just like, you know, I raised my children very differently from when I was raised. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching Chud, The Exorcist, Demons, like all that stuff so young. And now I'm just like, with my kids, what is it rated? What is it? (laughs) Is that (laughs) what are those words? I mean, just really kind of watching everything. Um, But also there was like no Internet or social media growing up. So. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I was tortured by my cousins because I was like the baby that was like brought along and I was like the youngest one. So they would like torture me with horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) And now you love it. And now I love it. Joke's on them. Exactly. And so also people might know you have the Fright Girl Summer website, which people don't know is a great resource if you're looking to read more women in horror. So how did that come about? Um, so I, uh, again, you know, I just kind of, I try my best. Sometimes it doesn't always work. I try to like go with the flow and go with instinct and go with my mind, go with my heart a lot. And, uh, I just, I felt like there just wasn't enough for women from marginalized communities. Um, like enough platforms, there wasn't enough space and then the pandemic hit and it's like everything's canceled everything slows down everybody's at home and i was just like well if there's no space you create a space um wix is like quite inexpensive and then i i just randomly put a tweet out there about it and sonora taylor author of seeing things and without condition um she was like oh i'll do it with you and also um, it's called Fight Girl Summer because I'm a real big Megan Thee Stallion fan. 
and I love her song Hot Girl Summer <laughs> and I was like bop into that nonstop <laughs> and I'm like I love Megan Thee Stallion and it's like Hot Girl Summer fright and and then Sonora was like how about Fright Girl Summer and I'm like yes yes <laughs> and so it just again it just happened um you know I <laughs> I get an idea in my mind. I get something. I, I feel something in my in my heart, my gut. And then I'm just like, hey, and then I do it or I say it or I reach out or whatever it, it requires me to do. Um, but it, yeah, and it's just kind of gone from there. And like then, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, like everything after um, it was kind of like, let's do Black Voices Matter. Let's do um, let's celebrate diverse women and let's women from diverse backgrounds let's let's just expand it and uh and it's just kind of grown from there and try try to do as much as possible um so yeah that's kind of how it happened so yeah anybody who's listening there are so many reading lists there are essays there's interviews there's um you name it there's like 30 free short stories for you to read um, I've taken my short stories off there because I'm going to put them in a new collection. But, um, yeah, that's there's ton. And also for any women out there, uh, you please go to the website. You can submit your short stories. You can uh, tell us about what you have going on. If we can promote you in any way, hit us up. Nice. And, yeah, even though it is Fright Girl Summer, it is an all-year-round <laughs> effort. <laughs> We're about to in like whatever, what is today, the 27th or like in a day or two, we'll change the logo again to, um, yeah, Fright Girl Spring. So new logo, really pretty. It's really pretty. And um, yeah, all, all all year round, you know, read with because the point is read women all year round. Yeah. <laughs> Support women. Yeah. because I think, well, we're recording this in Women in Horror Month, but should be reading women all year round. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so as a reader, having read horror books, what is a book that you personally would put in the freezer? Mm. Oh, oh, God. I, I don't know. I am like, I, I hate these books. So someone asked me last night. So we had... It was like, okay, your top three, and then your top three, and I'm like, I can't do this. It's too much pressure. <laughs> yes. The song I could do easy, but honestly, books, I just feel like books are just so different. They're like people. It's like it's like kids. Like, who's your favorite kid? Which kid do you really dislike secretly? <laughs> I can't. There's too much pressure. <laughs> So I'll put uh, I'll put myself in the freezer. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Same with horror films. I cannot make it. I cannot make up my mind for anything. For worst, for best, for mediocre, for the la 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 la. I cannot. I know. I was just telling my husband. Well, I go through things where, like, if I watch two horror movies in a row that are both like two star movies, I get that existential like, do I even like horror? Who am I? And then if I watch like three movies that are like five stars, am I like, am I too easy? Do I just like everything? <laughs> yes, I know. And then it's like, I I know. It's just, it's so hard when you, 
but they're all they're all like fingerprints you know they're all like mm-hmm. snowflakes they're just all so different some and also everybody and i think this is like a huge thing in the horror community um you know someone will give a book a, a five star and someone else will give it a one star yeah or they're like i really hated the main character and i give it to and then the other person's like well I like that main character because it's just so subjective. Like you cannot yeah. even like, it, yeah, I try to stay away from reviews for that. Like, unless it's I'm, I'm ta- deliberately tagged or something, but otherwise I'm just like, okay. Oh. Um, because it's, it's honestly so, so like people are still huge. Stephen King's like are still reading King and that's fine. That's great. But I stopped after the dark tower like not even finish the series just because I was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done. <laughs> so you didn't keep up with his new releases after that? Or you just like, didn't nothing no, after that? No, no. Or the films. It's like how many stands, how many pet cemetery, like how many, how many carries, how many. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Also, yeah, I just saw today they're going to redo Pet Cemetery again. And I'm like, it came out like two years ago, like a year and a half ago. Please stop. <laughs> I, I'm like, really? Nobody who wants this. Queen of the Cicadas. Okay. Here it is. It's fresh. It's new. It's hot. Let's get it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I it just got to be where I was kind of like, okay. But yeah, it's. I, but again, people are still like, "Oh my God, I have to have my king." He's not a yeah. bad person, but I, I oh, just no. choose not to read it. Yeah, so there's a lot of old like uh, male authors from that era that I gave like one book, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> not for me." Maybe for you, not for me. Mm-hmm. And and horror's just becoming so lively, and mm-hmm. it's just really changing, and it's. It's I love it. Even like horror films are changing big time Um, and you're just seeing so much more and I love it. Yeah, well, I think we're just getting so many new perspectives that we haven't gotten before. And it's just really, I think, breathe life into it as a genre. A hundred percent. I mean, and with this pandemic, I think I've like I've kind of exhausted. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of Amazon Prime at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Netflix, I'm like watching the worst of the worst. And some of them aren't that bad. And then others, you're just like, oh, my God. But I'm glad I, I, I like I'm glad I watched it because I'm like, well, that's actually a very strange concept. And it's bizarre, even though it's a terrible <laughs> film. <laughs> Um, I like the direction you're going, though. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's that's like one thing my husband does not understand. I'm like, sometimes there's a terrible, there's a terrible movie, but there's like a charm, and it's like how terrible it is. And I'm like, I, my husband like does not understand the like. He's like, it's either good or it's bad. And I'm like, no, sometimes it's bad. Like I know it's not great, but it's it's nice. <laughs> exactly and so speaking of horror movies what is your chilling obsession or thing you are enjoying in horror uh so like i said like i'm i've i've reached the scraping of the bottom of the barrel (laughs) 
like the stuff that has like a two on IMDb. Um, so, like I said, I really liked possession um, as a trope, but I just keep seeing a lot of the the women in the um, in the dirty nightgown tied to a bed and like going crazy. Um, there is a a film. Um, what is the English? Um, Here comes the devil. It's a Mexican film. Here comes the devil, and like the so, the the blood and and kind of special effects aren't great. It's very reminiscent of like a '70s film, even though it wasn't um, made in the '70s. But again, it explores these. It's, it explores possession and it explores uh, sexuality. So you've uh, have this couple and they're in a car waiting. And they end up fooling around and it's like they're talking about sex and and something bad happens. They're parents. OK. And so it, it brings all of that up. And um, and the opening scene of the film is very graphic. Um, but again, it's that taboo. Uh, so here comes the devil is kind of a good one. Um, it's an older film. And I saw recently uh, Gemma Moore. uh posted about this movie called uh the satan's claw and it was like from the 70s british film and it's really bizarre and again the graphics are like so like when satan gets you you got like a hairy patch on your leg it's just looks (laughs) but it's very midsummer it's like midsummer goes 70s porno goes uh the witch. I mean, you just get like everything in there. And it's just I, I was mesmerized, literally mesmerized. And I couldn't it's it's actually got a very high IMDb rating, but I just could not look away. Um, like the bad hairstyles and like the guy plowing the field without a shirt. For reasons. <laughs> it's fucking England. There's no sun. Why? Why? Um He's trying to get a tan because there is no sun. He's got to put in. The- exactly. Oh, Again, you caught me. You caught me. I can't just. You're like. So what's the? There. It's just everywhere. It's just. I can't. I can't nail it down. Um, I rewatched Demons. Uh, it's an Argento film, uh, recently, and I loved that. That was. That was. That's always like a solid, solid one. Even though, again, the special effects are horrible, it still makes it great i still have to say that that's on my watch list there's so much coming out now that's like there's a million like classic or like must-see movies that i haven't gotten to but then there's like new stuff coming out every week i'm like (laughs) yeah i thought that uh, there was a new hellraiser that was coming out to like download or something i'm like anything hellraiser yes so you watch that judgment day or the that was the the last one talking about yeah that's the one i want to watch I thought it was out already. Yeah, but I, I thought it was not like a ma- year or two ago. I have can't find it here, but I, which is weird because Clive Barker's British. I think they would have priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been. <laughs> I want to see it. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm obsessed with Hellraiser. So like anything Hellraiser, um, I love. Yeah, Event Horizon. There's just too many. I love Event Horizon. I know. Yeah. There's just like so many good ones. Okay, I won't make you pick just one. We'll just. Yeah. Uh, but one a tradition that we do have 
that I told you about is we ask our guests to pick a final girl song. So what is your pick? It is because of my age. <laughs> a Violet by Hole. I don't know if you've heard that song. No, I haven't. I know. I always feel like I should know that. I don't. Violet by Hole. So um, Courtney Love has her band Hole and Violet is just like um, it's quite ragey and it's and just the lyrics you know she's like go on take everything um I want you to I dare you to and um just the lyrics I just think it's a great final final girl song where it's just like you know I fucking had enough I've just fucking had it um you know try your best motherfucker I really really feel and I love the song I I that's kind of like my that teenage angst period when you know but yeah that's it violet by hole i mean that sounds like it's got really good final girl energy i love the really good final girl energy you could just see like her taking a machete and just whacking the fuck out of some <laughs> like someone and just saying uh-uh no i am not the one not today not today, Satan. <laughs> Not today. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I will add that to the Spotify list and people can find that on Spotify. It's if you search for it, it's BITF Final Girl. Um, and yeah, there's that song has like energy all over the place, but I love like every song that people have picked. <laughs> yeah, this is um, and I, I I, I as I like I said I'm a Megan the Stallion fan like super fan so a hot girl summer is just one of those where you're just like it's not really a final girl song but it is it could be it could be like you know they've defeated all the zombies and they're like floating on the yacht and they're like swigging the champagne like yeah we fucked them up and now we're going to the island where there's no zombies and we're just gonna have a good life <laughs> yeah I could see it I see it in the bikinis. Yep, and then roll credits. I see it. Yes, and I, I would love to see the one girl splattered in blood, like hanging out in like a big unicorn floaty, and just like <laughs> we did it, girls. And then you know, hot girl summer comes up, real hot girl shit. Hollywood, are you listening? I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today. Thank you for having me. That was a really awesome talk. I always love talking horror. So unless I have to choose just like one thing. <laughs> I mean, it's, where can people find you online? Yeah. Um, well, on Instagram, it's at V Latina London and on Twitter at V Latina London, uh, www.frightgirlsummer.com or vvcastro.com and uh goddess of filth you can pre-order now from the creature publishing website and uh queen queen of the cicadas you can now pre-order on amazon or through flame tree press nice and i will have links for all of that in the show notes but be sure to get on that oh thank you thank you so much this was awesome talking <gasps> 
Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod or on Instagram at Books in the Freezer. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. There is also a Facebook group if you would like to join that. If you would like to support Books in the Freezer, there's a few ways to do that. The first of which is to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There is a one, three, and a $5 level with all kinds of perks like early episode releases, group chats, bonus episodes, movie nights. So check that out if you are interested in that. You can also use our Amazon link, which will be in the show notes. And essentially, you just click the link and do your normal Amazon shopping as you would normally do. Coolest things purchased recently using that link. Uh, One of them is a gaming mouse and a Rob Zombie CD. So thank you to those of you who use that link. Uh, It really helps out the podcast. But you don't have to spend any money to support the podcast. One thing you can do is tell your friends about it, post about it on social media. Word of mouth is huge. Leaving reviews on sites like Apple Podcasts. All of it is huge and very helpful. And thank you to those of you who have taken the time to do that already. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at That's What She Read. And that's that's with two A's and then the rest of it just spelled normally. So thank you for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) 